and welcome to the third power. This is Anthony Avatolo, and I'm here with my co-host Usman Jamil. Howdy, howdy. And uh, we're here for episode 13, Electric Boogaloo. I mean, <laughs> part two. Part two of there. Sorry, I got, got ahead of myself there. So we're going to be uh, talking about new Phyrexia and talking about implications for the cube. I think there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. We'll be talking about uh, cards that are slam dunks, cards that are good to include, cards that other people have talked about. Uh, and, hey, maybe we'll even talk about your favorite card or a card that you're on the fence about, too. There we go. It's kind of funny. I was thinking about it last time, like, because it's been a while since the last time you and I have been able to record. It's like before in the last episode we were kind of speculating on what Sword and War and Peace is, and now it's the whole set is posted, and I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, and we can, uh, you know, if if we care to get into it, maybe we'll uh, soapbox a little bit about the whole leak and how it happened and our opinion on it. Not that it really matters, but, you know. We, mi- we might as well throw our two cents in. And, like, I've been catching up on my podcasts, like, today, uh, and I just I just heard about the whole thing, like, three or four times today. It was just like, well, it's like the Christmas tree. Yeah, well, it's like you know, I've heard that analogy like three or four times. It's like, Let, well, let's well, come on, let's hear it. Since we're since we're on it, let's talk about it real quick before we get to our crack pack. All right, yeah, let's do it. It was kind of weird. Like, I forget how it kind of unfolded for me. Like, I think, I think I kind of heard about it on Twitter. Like, somebody posted scans of the PDF, and then like I think my girlfriend was over, and then all of a sudden I checked Twitter, and it was like, yeah, the whole set is posted. I'm like, what? Huh? Huh? I, I need to go to the computer, BRB, and then looked and then saw the PDF and was just like, "What? Huh?" Yeah, huh? I was actually I was actually in a gig at the time. And wow. You and my uh, my friend Dan uh, Dan Noshaney from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hey there, Danny boy, how you doing? Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> OMG name drops. Yeah, oh, when <laughs> he's gonna be so happy. Enjoy your new sousaphone, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm joking. Uh, he, both of you guys texted me within about a span of, you know, 12 seconds, <laughs> and we're like, OMG, the whole set's up. OMG, the whole set's up. Holy crap, people are going to get fired. Holy crap, people are going to get sued. Holy crap. <laughs> like, yeah. On? But as far as, you know, now that we've gotten a little bit later and we know what actually happened, um, how do you feel about, well, how do you feel about how it went down? Like, it was just a weird situation, like... Like a whole, it was essentially, like I thought about it, it was not quite the telephone game where you like, you know, you, you know, in elementary school, you would, you know, one person would tell another kid a story and it would keep going down the line and then it would so like grapevine. Yeah, and it, and that's probably not the best analogy, but it kind of felt like how it ended up getting, you know, posted on IRC or whatever was, you know, essentially a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of uh, Wafo Tapa posted it because he was like, well. Somebody challenged him or something. He was like, hey, you don't have this. I think he was bragging about having the set, and someone was like, no, you don't. He's like, really? Or the guy was like, Pixar didn't happen. He's like, oh, okay. I'll go and send it to you. And then well, send it to him. And I was like, yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> well, I mean, from reading uh, on, on Channel Fireball, Caleb Durward has a, a kind of yeah, a, a transcription of, of a lot of things that happened. And what literally it seems like to me is – Someone challenged um, the testicle size of a 19-year-old boy, and he was yeah. like, oh, yeah? Well, here they are. Thump. And they're like, 
wow, you really do have it. Thanks, idiot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as the whole, like, releasing things ahead of time, I guess I, I'm wondering if they spoil the whole God book, if this is something they always do. But it feels like, it, wouldn't it just be safer to just give people a limited number of cards? That's what I kind of... Giving them the whole thing. And someone mentioned, I read somewhere that it's because, you know, they need all of the card images because of when they have to print the magazine. I guess. And if they want to include a visual spoiler in the magazine... They need it because of, you know, the, the printing dates when it needs to be submitted, that they would need it early. But, you know... Yeah, it, it all seems I, like... I, if one, people can wait a month to get a spoiler. Two, it's, you know, you can get it online. Mm-hmm, Three, yeah. <laughs> if uh, you can buy a fat pack, and it's got... Usually they come with that book, right? That has all the pictures of the cards in it. Yeah, I think so. I think. Um, I so, know, I, yeah, I just don't understand. I, I'm sure it's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, like... Uh, it's definitely fishy to, to those of us who aren't pros and who aren't at the top of the Pro Tour circuit and aren't world champions. It, it definitely seems like an unfair advantage to us at first gloss. Like, what are you doing? Like, here are two French, you know, here are two French guys that somehow are privy to all this information well in advance, and that could have, like, an extra month of playtesting time for the block format. And the block well, format's the next Pro Tour, right? Yeah, and I don't. I remember when the block was starting, it was like all, like, they put a top eight of it, and it was just Scars, and it was like, here's a blue-eyed deck with Elspeth. Here's a blue-eyed deck with Elspeth. It was like Jason Standard or something. It was really bad. But I don't know, I've been kind of thinking about it, and, like, there's a term, like, people are starting to adopt BCSM, probably because of Marshall and Ryan, but I guess... We can take a little bit of credit for it being a little yeah, more we, adopted. Yeah, we definitely started to see it more on the, on the salvation forums and things like that. Yeah, and and there's a term I've been kind of thinking of is like, like say when a new album comes out and you hear a song, like say it's like by your favorite group, I don't know, whatever group you you guys happen to like or whatever, like Girl Talk, apparently every Magic fan likes or something. Who I've I've never actually heard their music, but whatever your favorite group is, you hear it, and it's kind of like at first there's kind of this new new feeling to it, and I call it, like, new music, new album fever, or whatever, and I call it, and the kind of same with magic cards when they come out, it was kind of like that new new magic card fever. The new cardboard smell? Yeah, or at least, yeah, it's just like, oh my god, and then there's that first thing, it, like, hits you, it's like, wow, there's this new card, and then it takes a little while for you to adjust, finally, and I think maybe, like, it happens in music, like, with music critics, they're given promo copies, like, months in advance, so they're not just going, wow, this is... This is such an amazing song. They you know have time to digest, digest all the information. Well, it happens with movies too. People get advanced copies, screening copies. Yeah, yeah, and then you know those get ripped and then torrented or whatever. But yeah, it's the same thing where they get the stuff in advance, so they have time to absorb it and stuff like that. And I can like, understand that being the reason why. It just seems kind of odd. Like from what I understand, like Channel Fireball, Star City. And a lot of those sites... Well, they didn't get God books. Yeah, they didn't get anything. They just have, like, a few select spoilers that I think Evan Irwin said, like, they have to essentially handle, like, uranium or something. It's like, make sure nobody gets this. Make sure this is kept under lock and key and everything like that. But, I don't know, it just feels like, as far as the actual situation goes, like, people who are, like, demonizing Matt and Yon about it, I mean, he just trusted, you know, or maybe he, maybe it wasn't him so much, but it was more that... Like, Waffle Top, I probably just trusted the wrong people with the information. Right, like, and that's what it was. Is it, To me, it, 
you know, the, the magazine gave it to, uh, you know, the, the other Guillaume, the, the world champion, Matignon or whatever his name is. Yeah. And, uh, and then he trusted, uh, Waffle Taco with it. And then Waffle Tacos was like, okay, well, I guess I can give it to these people too because they're my group. I'll just make sure I really tell them, hey man, you can't get the, you know, you can't give this to anybody else. And then, you know, Cross my fingers. I won't give it. Took over, and there you go. But you know, I'm just kind of wondering about. I, I bet people have lots of opinions on the fact that anybody, that any player, has access to the whole set, especially two top flight pros. When the the next format is specifically a block format, just seems you know. I, I could see how it's going to rub people the wrong way. And yeah, I think I don't know whether that's fair or not. Well, um, but. I think in this case it was just kind of a perfect storm of just bad things. Like, yeah, I don't think it was really I, I, I think I have a tendency to agree with you. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. Oh, it's, it's okay. Like, I think it was just a bad – like, I don't think it was any kind of intention or anything. It was just, like, they want to give the information to somebody who knows their stuff. They're not – you know, somebody – you know, him working for Lotus Noir, and, you know, they're going to have somebody who knows their stuff, and, you know, Matt and Yon definitely does. But it was just, like, really – like, I don't think it's necessarily is – some kind of, like, way to give the pros an edge up. Like, I've, I saw some of the comments on Channel Fireball, and, you know, the comments are just bad anyway. But, like, hey, at least he's getting comments. I'm like, my article's on Star City. Ba-doom. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, some of the comments were just... his articles. Yeah, no kidding, people. Seriously. Or on, By the or, way, or, I don't on... ever comment or like them, because I... First of all, I don't like Facebook knowing my reading habits. Yeah, same here. I'm like, no. Because I never like anything outside of Facebook. Um, and then, you know, as far as comments go, hi, I talk to you all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> personally. But I know, and, and like having to register on Star City requires an extra step and all that. Yeah, but, you know, I imagine people should... I, I feel like Star City's been around long enough now that people should probably already be registered for it if they've been reading it for years. You know what I mean? Yeah, for like so, premium I, or whatever. I don't know, whatever. I just think that, and I think I mentioned this on Twitter, I just think that when information is good and it makes sense, there's no real reason to comment on it because that's what people's expectations are. Yeah, but, but if you post only, something stupid comment like... If it's, you know, two standard deviations above or below their expectations. Or if you post something really, like, controversial or right. whatever. It's just like, I, I was, or I could say like, uh, lightning bolt is horrible in cube or something. Then of course people would blame me for it. Right, right, right. right. So, well, but that would be blatantly terrible. But if you said, yeah. something, you know, <laughs> something like, Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, trading my cube in for some, you know, uh, eight year old Laotian boys that I can do blow off of their back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like then you might get some comments. That, that might get some hate mail. But, yeah, it was just, like, the whole situation with Matt and Yon and whatever. It was just, like, I don't think it was really some kind of, like, conspiracy to help the pros or whatever. Like, it was just just a bad set of circumstances. Like, it's definitely awkward, and especially since, like, it was definitely a just really awkward set of circumstances where, you know, it's, like, the next tour, the next whatever tour is, like, block format and whatever. But I think it's just, I think it was all just kind of, Given, like, using kind of, like, the music industry, like, the uh, music industry, movie industry is kind of a precedent to, you know, give them the information so that the whole new feeling wears off. Like, I've been testing a good amount of the cards already, and kind of the new feeling for me has worn off a little bit, but... Well, sure, because, I I mean, I am significantly less excited now. 
I mean, I think this this could have cost Wizards a lot of money. I mean, I, the, the, like, the excitement I, for that and wanting to know what the cards are and waiting for spoiler season. I mean, think of all the traffic to the websites. That yeah, they, they got nothing. They were lost. They got nothing. Nothing. All that all that traffic, you know. And, you know, we'd have to talk to somebody like Ben Blyweiss or something like that to see what kind of relation there is between pre-sales and those upcoming weeks as opposed to this time around where there hasn't been any previews and what pre-sales have been like. But... Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to be really... I imagine really... that traffic is just a, such a big, big difference. I mean... That's what that's what it's all about is is traffic and numbers and stuff. So yeah, essentially, like, and they're gonna be watching the pre-release numbers like a hawk, oh, pre-sales sure. and pre-release figures like a hawk. Like, I'm sure. Like, but myself, I'm I'm still pretty excited to go to the pre-release and all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go and draft. Yeah, I'm. Um, I was really excited <laughs> until I realized that I actually can't go on Saturday. Oh, geez, I yeah. have uh, I have some commencements to play in, and uh, so I'll be going to the pre-release on Sunday. Hopefully by then people will be willing to just trade me their uh, Phyrexian metamorphs, and then maybe I can just do a draft or something. Because I got to tell you, I just I, I, as I've gotten older, I like sealed deck less and less. Sealed, I don't Frankie or whatnot, but yeah, I I, that's a, maybe a soapbox for another time. But I definitely like sealed in cube a lot better than sealed in another format because like. Yeah, I guess I'll go into a little bit, but like a lot of the really terrible skill tester cards, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. uh, just like a generic overcosted, like a five mana two two or something that does nothing, and there's quote unquote right. skill testers, and they just kind of mess up draft or sealed pods or whatever. And draft tends to be pretty self-regulating, but just sealed just messes that up. And cube does a good job of of uh, leveling that playing field. Well, right. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that there aren't any skill testers in cube. All the cards are just awesome. So uh, everyone's yeah. going to have awesome cards in their pool. You just have to figure out how to make it work. I, I think some cards are just, like, where people don't know how you evaluate them, but I guess that's a different kind of skill testing. Like, Wild Dog sucks at switch aside. It's like, well, here's a skill of how to evaluate drawbacks. Right, right. But, you but know... It's a different it's, kind of thing. Right, exactly. I mean, you're not... It's a different kind of skill. I yeah, think. it's not like Squire or something. It's like, uh... Don't play this, kids. What are you talking about? Squire's... Off. I don't see how Squire plus Steel Shaper's Gift can possibly be any good. Yeah, oh, that, card's, that card's terrible. <laughs> oh, wait. Hey, speaking of numbers real quick, uh, I'd just like to mention uh, we got our download numbers uh, this past week, and thank you guys for for all the downloads and all the listens. Um, yeah, our, that was uh, crazy. Uh, starting at around episode seven, our numbers just jumped uh, drastically, um, and we are, you know, once we got to episode ten, when we were, or nine and ten, when we were slaughtering some sacred cows, we were up to our our numbers were up pretty darn high. I was actually surprised to see them. So yeah, when you sent me that, you sent me an email like, "Hey, check out our numbers," and I was like, "What? <laughs> what is yeah, going on here?" Our, our numbers from episode, the average of the first six episodes. To our sacred cow episode, um, sex toupled just about, maybe quintupled. Sounds about right. Quintupled, yeah, but quintupled to sex toupled, somewhere around there. He sex toupled, um, somewhere in in there. So thank you guys, and and please spread the word. And we're gonna have uh, looks like in the very near future we're gonna have some uh, uh, some swag to give away in the very near future. I don't want to 
talk too much about that, but yeah, keep, yeah you don't want to pull. You don't want to pull Waffle Tapa. No, 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 no. We're gonna try to. We're gonna try too to soon. This. Unless you insult me. No way, dude. You don't have any swag. <laughs> uh-uh. Is that too soon for me to say? <laughs> no, I, I think it's perfectly acceptable. Okay, I like it. So, awesome. so be on the lookout for that. But yeah, guys, uh, I really appreciate, and I'm sure Ruthman appreciates it too. All the, yeah, all the awesome. downloads and keep listening and keep with the comments and awesome. Hey, let's rock keep, it. Uh, unless you want to get yeah. any more. Let's let's crack a pack here. Let's, let's crack it up. We're using my cube because we haven't used mine in ages. Yeah, I and nothing. and parts of mine is on its way back from Grand Prix Dallas still. Oh so, wow. Yeah, oh, my <laughs> my, friends are, my friends are the slowest card returners possible. So. Jeez, did the shriek mall that I altered is that? Did you ever yes, get that back? Has turned home safely. Ah, that's good. Yes, that makes me happy. Has returned safely. All right, kids. This is the my cube is 450 cards uh, powered. You know, I actually updated the list on my blog with oh. new Phyrexia stuff. So we might actually get a new Phyrexia card in here, but I'm not going to rig it. So if it's if it happens, it's all luck. All right. All righty. Card number one, Cloud Goat Ranger. Cloud Goat Ranger. <laughs> Stars <laughs> in his eyes. Sorry. It's all good. Number two, Bane Living. Bane of the Living. Yeah, we got a Wrath going. Number three, Demir Signet. Okay. Number four, Battlefield Forge. That was another crackback. Number five, Spectral Procession. What is it, Lore, what is it, Lorwyn Standard? Nice. Where's my Encrypted Command? Number six, Desolation Angel. Jeez. Ten. Number seven, Spirit Monger. Huh. Where's my Faith's Fetters? I don't know. That's what you got Faith's Fetters over there. Number eight. Oh, is that what number is that what card eight was? Faith's Fetters? Yeah, I was trying to do a bad segue but it didn't work. But yeah, that one was Faith's Fetters. (laughs) Okay. Number nine. Ancient Tomb. Where are the red cards? Jeez. Number nine. Electrolyze. Well, 10 is... Oh, no, number left, 10, right? sorry. My bad. Yeah, number 10, Electrolyze. Okay. Number 11, Abyssal Persecutor. Oh, man. Yeah. Where are the red and green cards? Number 12, Dark Ritual. Oh, Dark Ritual. Jeez. Thanks. Number 13, Mox Diamond. Oh, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> number 14, Plated GOP. There we go. Hey, that is a red card. Now, if we get a green card, that would be nice for the last pick. Are you saying you're an illegal immigrant? I think so, yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta get in here somehow. Gotta get a green card. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of green. Uh, Simic Sky Swallower, number 15. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's a weird pack. Yeah, it's a weird pack, and I think I know what my pick is just, like, straight off the bat. Mox Diamond? Mox Diamond, senor. Yeah, that was easy, like. <laughs> I, I definitely, I, I was leaning towards Abyssal Persecutor or Ancient Tomb. Until you crack the Mox Diamond. Yeah, and I was just like, what? What is, what is this? Like, I think Simic Sky Swallower is a nice finisher, but, like, come on, Mox Diamond. Well, I, you know, I, I'm just not a big fan of taking two-color or more cards, first pick, first pack, especially when we have a powerful alternative like Mox Diamond or Abyssal mm-hmm. Persecutor. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, hey, I can get a 6-6 six, six Trample for seven, and it's two different colors, or I can get a 6-6 six, six Trample for four. Mm-hmm. And then build mm-hmm. my deck around it. Three. Yeah, 
Find ways but to. I, I think it's just. I don't know. I don't know how much time we have to spend on this one, but I was about to say, do you... for yeah. me, with a tip of the cap to uh, Ancient Tomb, Abyssal Persecutor, and probably Faith's Fetters, because that's a nice control card. Yeah, that sounds right. Do you want to do another crack pack? Because that was easy, or just whatever. Oh, hey man, if you want to, since that was fast, we can do another one. All right, number two. Just, just means you're gonna have to uh, firebolt. Take some more pictures. All right, are these including cards from the first one that we already cracked? No, or I shoved like those... the next guy over. I just shoved those to the side. Okay, good. So make this sure is that... someone else at the same table opening a pack. Yeah, someone else. The, the limited resources sometimes does this too, where they have the next pack or whatever. Right, but that's a little different because the f- they can just open another pack. Yeah, that requires and money. It's not pulling out of the card pool of the other guy. That too, but yeah. So. Number number one, firebolt. Firebolt. Okay. This is really different. Number two, crystal shard. Crystal shard. Nice. Number three, incinerate. This is where all these red cards are, man. Number four, uh, Overgrown Tomb. Okay. Number five, Pestermite. Number six, Sinkhole. Sinkhole. Number seven, Upheaval. Oh, man! Yeah, that, that's that kind of stuck out. So uh, number <laughs> seven, <laughs> nice. Number eight, Whip Flare. That's something I'm kind of testing out right now. What is, what is that? That's a new Phyrexia card, right? Yeah, that's the new Pyroclasm. Can you explain what it does? Because I don't know. I, oh. I recognize the name, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I actually forgot to put that on our list. Uh, essentially, well, one in, one in red sorcery deals two damage to each non-artifact creature. Essentially, Pyroclasm with a little, you okay. know, some some extra shenanigans on it. With a it. drawback. But well, I guess, it's I guess kind it of, could be a non-drawback if you have artifact creatures. But. I was about to say, it's, it's, we might talk about it in, in the episode, but yeah, it's... it's you know, you get some more control around it. Night, uh, nine, Mortify. Okay. Number ten, Sword of Body and Mind. Oh, man. Wow, tension. Tenso. Number eleven, Sword Markov. Okay. Number twelve, Wall of Blossoms. All right. Thirteen, Thrun the Last Roll. Wall Blossom. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Thrun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Octavia Orangutan. Number 15, let's make this dramatic. Dismiss. That wasn't too dramatic. Dismissed? Yeah, that was (laughs) kind of. I don't know. This one seems, I don't know, subheaval seems to stick out to me. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) definitely, 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 sword is towards the top of that list. Um, I think crystal shard is a really nice build around me card, too. Yeah. Um, Thrawn is obviously very good. Yeah, good luck um, blocking or dealing with that thing. If you're if you're Kenny Mayer, if you're listening out there, baby, Kenny Mayer would. <laughs> he always drafts red, so maybe he would take a. Uh, maybe he would take an incinerate. Probably not. He probably just takes the sword, even if he is red. Oh, For me, it's just sinkhole. I think is nice, also, but upheaval. Come on. Yeah, upheaval, man. I yeah. I just love me a big ups. So. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez, both of those were easy. We're not going for yeah, a third except one. For that, <laughs> I could definitely see uh, someone taking blue green sword. I yeah. mean, if we're not the type, because I mean, I, I, some people just don't like to play either control or like to play islands. Some yeah, like not a fan of doing that, and some people are just like upheaval. Oh, it costs six mana, and you know, they just that's not a spell they are fond of casting. For them, sword. It, you know, it's it's sword. I think. Yeah, but that for right. me, I mean, it's 
the, the, the trinity of this pack feels like Crystal Shard, Sword, and, uh, Upheaval. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Crystal, it's Sword and Upheaval for sure, but it just, for me, I would just be slamming the Upheaval and. Yeah, next. Hoping we get past blue cards. So. <laughs> Pretty much. Cross your fingers. Cool, man. So we did get a new Phyrexia card in there after all. Yeah, we did. Just not, just not a super, super impressive one. Yeah, that oh, one well. seems, uh, that one seems a little awkward to me. Um, because I, I, you recently pulled Pyroclasm out of your cube, right? Yeah, and I think I'm trying that one, but I think it's going back out. Like, yeah, because I, I don't know. At least in cube, my artifact creatures usually aren't going to die to pyroclasm anyway. Yeah, do, I, I was about to say, do, like the reason why, and I don't know. I'm going to do an article talking about uh, uh, New Phyrexia on Star City, whatever. But like one of the things I noticed when I was looking at Whip Flare was like. I think it's a little easier to build, like, to use its upside. Like, there are a couple of artifact creatures in control decks which kind of like it, like, uh, uh, Battlesphere, Survive, it's Mirror Token, Survive. Uh, but if you're casting Battlesphere, do you need to cast a Pyroclasm? Sometimes. Like, if you want to get rid of their chump blockers, it's like, you know, if they have a bunch of X2s that could just chump it, then it's like, sure, kill that. I mean, it's, um, again, it's not 100%, like, but, like, that... Uh, Solemn Simulacrum lives through it. Uh, some other ones that I swear right, I but, remember. You know, you're you're naming two, three cards. You know, there, like I said, there's more, but I can't. It doesn't remember feel like right it doesn't now. feel like I don't know. It doesn't feel like enough. It just feels like it's it's regular Pyroclasm that sometimes sucks because it doesn't deal an extra two damage to their duplicate or whatever. You know. Yeah. I don't know. There's some other ones like uh, yeah, they're probably that. No, I was thinking, I'll probably just mention, like, write them in the article or whatever, but yeah. Like, essentially, I, I found that it provided more upside than the downside of not being able to hit, like, essentially Porcelain Legionnaire and uh, Spine Thopter or something. Yeah, I guess you have Porcelain Legionnaire. I guess that's a real card. But even then, like, uh, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's a card uh, I'm testing out, okay. and then, meh. Yeah, essentially okay. meh. Yeah. All right, do you want to talk about uh, New Yeah, since that's our topic, maybe we should actually talk about that a little bit. All right, yeah. well, we'll, just, we'll just go in order here. We'll just talk about some uh, some different cards, and, and I think we should definitely talk about, uh, make it a point to name all the cards that we think are good enough for in- inclusion at this point, and then maybe we'll talk about some other ones that uh, have been mentioned. Um, for me, there's, let's start with the artifacts and the colorless cards. And I think Karn Liberated, right? Yeah, Karn Liberated. Karn Liberated, which is, I don't know, it's kind of a weird, kind of a weird name. Not a big fan of the name. He's, he's liberated from his, uh, he, he should, he should be Karn Free. Yeah, Karn Free. Karn so Free. Like, right, exactly, yeah, Karn Free. <laughs> as free as the wind blows. Nice. As free as the grass grows. <laughs> nice 70s song there for all you 70s music fans out there. Nice. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> this card, to me, seems like an auto-inclusion. Yeah, it's 7 mana, <clears throat> but it seems like worst-case scenario, it's a double Vindicate, which people should be just fine with. And I, I feel like the upside is so incredibly huge on this guy. And I, I to be honest, I, I wonder how much the uh, the ultimate is going to be used. Seems yeah, like, like just to take cards out of their hand and then vindicate something, and then take a card and then vindicate something, and just you know maybe at some point if you're just like oh, 
huh, they really can't do anything else. Like, do you really want to restart the game at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you could if you're having trouble finding a, a finisher of your own. And if you're at a low life total, then you just, you know, restart it so they can't just rip a burn spell and kill you. And you're just like, oh, well, I'll just start with, you know, two creatures and a couple lands in play or whatever. Like, um, I've been testing it out since it was, like, since, you know, it was uh, when the Japanese spoilers came out. And, you know, I've been trying to, like, and that's kind of the annoying thing about not having much time is not having much time to test stuff. Because I've been like, I totally want to test these cards out. But, uh, like, one of the things that's kind of interesting about Karn is that, yeah, it's not, it's, uh, it's ultimate is essentially a pipe dream. It almost never happens. Because, yeah, like, if you get up to a super high loyalty, for the most part, you'll just be wanting to exile uh, permanence anyway. And just, you know, just pressing that advantage. Like, even if you have just, like, a 3-3 donk or whatever, it's just, like, exile, what can block it? Next turn, exile, what can block it? And stuff like that, where, I mean, you can restart the game. But, I mean, also, it requires how many turns? Like, what, it requires three turns of it being essentially untargeted or whatever, and that's just a long time. And, right. like, doing it to yourself, like, okay, that's 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 cute, you know, that's just not gonna, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I just feel like him being a reusable Vindicate is, should be enough for inclusion. Yeah. Like and, a lot you know, of, it also gives you, an, uh, you know, something else to do with, you know, your, your ramp mana or your metal worker mana or things like that, too, where you can just be like, oh, this guy. Mm-hmm. One of the nice, a couple of nice things is, like, A, it's really nice for green because it gives them an answer to, uh, like, artifacts, or not artifacts, like creatures and planeswalkers. Uh-huh. Or even, like, enchantments or whatever. Like, I had a, a deck that was a green-black rock deck that was, like, against a red-white Boros kind of aggro deck. It was, like, exile your vortex and then whatever. Like, I find a lot of the time it's, like, it's either vindicate something, vindicate something else, or... Like, vindicate something, exile something from their hand, exile something, just kind of ride that wave. And the fact that it gains loyalty when it's riding the wave is really nice also. Right, that's right. Plus four, minus three, plus four, minus three. And eventually you can sneak an extra vindicate in there. Yeah. And that's really awesome, too. It's just, like, yeah, being able to maybe mize another vindicate out of it. But, you know, the fact that... and Or especially if they want to... if you just say, and it's especially really good in the control mirror, for example, like you resolve it versus control, and it's like insta. Oh, it seems bonkers against a con- another in a control mirror. Yeah, it's kind of like with Liliana. You just go uh, cast it, exile something in their hand, and then uh, good luck dealing with that. And another thing, like also, was that like the two most common cards you really like when you're being hit with Liliana. What are the two most common types of cards that you pitch? Lands. Lands and mana. I mean, I don't know, like mana stuff or things you can't cast, things that are above your. Yep. You know, and cast. and guess what is awesome when you restart the game with it again? Like I just said, it was a pipe dream, but sure, that's also really nice because sometimes you can like, and it might happen more often early on where your opponent kind of fears the restart thing more than they should. Like, well, I don't want to pitch my. That's Luna. true. Yeah, and I don't know, that's probably going to happen more as the set starts when people aren't very familiar with the card, and then they might eventually catch on, but hey, I don't know, if you if you got it in your cube and then you're trying to mess with somebody, well, there's a little advantage you can press. But yeah, th- thumbs up on Karn. Yeah, for sure, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. 
the next card, and you know, it's another obvious inclusion, uh, sort of War and Peace. Like yep. as soon as it was spoiled, like you know, red and white sword. It, it was like, well, as long as it doesn't like kick you in the shin, it'll be good in cube. And I, it's a card I feel in general is being underrated. Like I think it's like when I was testing it, I was kind of like, yeah, this this card seems okay. As soon as it hit somebody, I was just like, jeez, hit him for like yesterday. I did a cube draft, uh, and I think I had it equipped onto a two-two. And it got in there, and opponent had six cards in their hand. Sword dealt ten. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, that's the, insane. Yeah. And it was just like, and it puts them on such a back burner. Like, it's really good. Like, that part is really good. The the the, the fire part of it, whatever, is really good at control decks. But on the other hand, if you're playing it in, like, a you know, more control-y, kind of mid-range-y deck versus aggro... Yeah, it's good because you get that life back with one swing. It's like yeah, a and, angel. And, and you have more control over that, too, which is really nice. Like, say, yeah, get in there with my uh, Looter Ilkor, gain five. Good luck racing this. Right. And that's, uh, but yeah, just... Uh, and it's huge good. life swings, and it's protection against two. You know, red is obviously a, a big removal color. You know, white has a fair amount of removal spells as well. So it's just gravy, you know. Yeah, nuts. Like, I think it, I don't know, like, I'll rate it below Feast and Famine, but, like, if I had to rate them, and I don't know, like, if I had to rate them again, I I honestly forgot what we rated them last time or what I said last time, but I would rate it below Feast or Famine, but below the, like, you know, Sophie, obviously, on top, and Feast or Famine, and then Warm Peace, and then, uh, I guess, Body and Mind and Light and Shadow. Yeah, like I think, I, I, I'm I'm tempted to put it right under Sword of Fire and Ice. I, I think it's just I could see that. There, I think I think that and Feast of Famine are really close, and I think that's what kind of happened with Feast and Famine. Also, a lot of oh, people, people underrated that it. card for sure. Yeah, they were like, oh, I uh, discard. Who cares? And but Feast or Famine for sure. This, this definitely works better in. I mean, it's work. It's awesome and everything. But you know, we're seeing in standard that it just, definitely just works better in control decks. Yeah. Because then you're able to untap mana to be able to counter things or remove things or cast another planeswalker or whatever. Where I think War and Peace, you know, it's awesome in the aggro mirrors. It's awesome if you're the aggro deck against a control deck. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, like I said, I had that happen. and then... Just creates such big life swings. But it's also awesome against the aggressive decks because, you know, if even if they have a, a couple cards in hand, I mean, if you're gaining, let's say you gain three life from it, even, you know, on a, you know, once or twice, I mean, three life is the equivalent of basically a card. You know, if you want to go by philosophy of fire, yeah. you know, one card equals three life. And like, every time you hit with it, if you're, if you're gaining, you know, some amount of life, it kind of puts, puts things out of reach pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably not going to deal a ton of extra damage because they're not going to have a bunch of cards in hand, but I mean, if you're able, you know, you draw your card, you just don't play your land, you sandbag your land and you attack first. Yeah, and then you're just like, oh, I'll gain five into the next. <laughs> yeah. I'll gain five again. Okay, good luck trying to win, Mister yeah. Aggressive Deck. So and it's just such a yeah, it's such a. I, I just think it's really good. Um, that's the way it plays out in my head. We'll see how it plays out in person, but it plays out in my head as second best to Sword of Fire Knights. For I, I think it's close, but it's good. Yeah, totally put this in your cubes. Hi, hide your Stoneford Mystics. Hide your wife. Right. 
We got Sword of Fire War and Peace. Uh, Sword of War and Peace. Killing uh, everybody out here. I, I think that guy was actually arrested recently. Yeah, Just for like a pot possession. Yeah, I mean, shocking, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Smokes pot? No. What? OMG. Just complete bull. Shock. All right. Uh, another piece of equipment, um, which I liken to a little bit uh, to Basilisk Collar, is Batter Skull. And the only reason why is because, you know, uh, Basilisk Collar was make your own vampire uh, Nighthawk. Well, Batter Skull is make your own Bane Slayer Angel. <laughs> pretty yeah, pretty much. pretty much. Like I'm a. This card's really dumb. Yeah, yeah like, it's going to change. It's going to change standard, I think. Um, and it's just going to be really, really good in the cube. I mean, especially if you're able. Uh, if you have a Stoneforge Mystic in this card. Oh. Uh, that was a combination I was testing, like when I was testing Batter Skull, and I was like, Stoneforge Mystic. Get Batter Skull, and the other deck had to kill it like ASAP, and right. easily did. But God, if it ever came out like end of turn, whatever, uh, yeah, they kill your guy. Play, you're like, yeah, return it, cast it again for two. Yeah, like, like I've heard, like, and I think this is sometimes when worst case scenario can. I've heard it from like, I think some people argue this way. Like when when the God Book was spoiled, they were like, well, it just dies to artifact removal. Yeah, sucks for you if that always happens. Okay. Don't, don't, uh, don't ever drive, don't don't drive, I was about to say, say, don't drive a car ever because you, like, your car dies to accidents or whatever. Because your car dies to accidents. Okay. But, you know, it's just like, the cases where that, like, if they don't have removal for it ASAP, like, it has so many options for it. Like, yep. I don't know. Like, most of the time I found I was just equipping it onto stuff, but, God, that bounce ability is cheap. Like, three well, mana is dirt cheap. Right. Well, here's the, you know, the other thing, too, is that you're just like, hey, I'm going to put this into play. Is a 4-4 Vigilance lifelink good enough right now? Yes, no. If and yes, then attack with it, etc. If it, no, put it on something else. Mm-hmm. Like, What's the big deal? And, oh, my God, you could be so tricky. If you put a sword on it, too, you can move the batter skull off of it, and the germ token's still alive. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm oh like... Oh, my God, I'll... I can have a 2-2. Yeah. <clears throat> Whatever. I, this card's awesome. Play yeah, it. Yeah, totally play it. Like, this... Yeah, it's just so amazing. It gives reach to so many decks. Like, it's another card that I feel... A lot of these kind of cards seem to give, like, big green decks... a you know, boost. Like, obviously it's good in any control deck, but I feel it's pretty nice in, like, the green kind of mid-rangey decks that have a bunch of elves and whatever, because it gives them recursive threat that bounces back, and you can equip it onto random birds. Which, yeah, or, yeah, elves or birds or hierarchs or whatever, like, sure, I deal with my four or five vigilant flying birds of paradise. Deal with my five, five... And still taps for mana! Yeah! Didn't think of that, actually, but yeah, there we go. Oh my god, it's like having an extra mana every turn. Ah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cards totally good. And I think there was, like, on Salvation, I think there was somebody asking, like, which is better, Razor Mane Massacre or Batter Skull? Batter Skull is for sure. But I think Razor Mane's still great. It's a great creature. Yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're different cards. <laughs> yeah, but I think Batter Skull, like, I'm gonna annoy everybody. Like, I think I have so far, like, when I play Batter Skull, I yell, like, Batter Up! And it's probably going to annoy people so much, but you know. 
Nice. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna start some annoying annoying meme to <laughs> annoy more people. Can we can we get like somebody to do an altar of like uh, a skull pancake or like a skull waffle? I was actually gonna see if I could ask Inkwaluder to do that. Like have a skull like dipped in batter right. and have that altered as the picture or something. Right. And I was, that's the first thing I thought of when I thought of batter skull was like yeah a, a skull dipped in batter. Right. And it wasn't until you realize that that sounds incriminatingly like something a fat guy would say, right? Eh, yeah, I <laughs> just so you know, just just thought you should know. Let's uh, let's keep going. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the uh, the other uh, whatever the other artifacts that are technically artifacts but not really, not really colorless? Oh, like the other uh, yeah, like I guess I'll start off hex parasite and. And what the other one, Lash Rite or whatever? Sure. Yeah, I mean, Hex Parasite, uh, I mean, 1-1 one, one for 1, fine. The ability is definitely useful against a lot of cards. Um, but I'm, I'm just not sure how useful. Um, there are some cards it's awesome with, like Hex Parasite plus uh, Kitchen Finks or Murderous Red Cap. Or anything like that is just smokestack. super awesome. I mean, your smokestack seems ridiculous. Ever yeah. just you know do that, but you know maybe it's it's okay against you know some of the some of the planeswalkers and things like that. But I feel like this card doesn't do enough because it's super mana intensive. And the, the reason why I thought about that is because I thought about standard. And I'm like, oh, Hex Parasite. Okay, how does Hex Parasite work in standard? Well, you play it, and then you have to pay how much to get rid of a Gideon Jura? Yeah, jeez. You know, it's just so much. I'm like, you have to pay. I, I mean, I guess you can put it down ahead of time, and then if they play their Jace and don't bounce it, you can just eat their Jace. Or I guess if they bounce it, then you can just replay it and eat their Jace. But I don't yeah, know. It's I, like, I I don't think I, I don't feel as though there are enough good targets for Hex Parasite to to make it work. It, it's yeah. I was about to say it, it depends on how many targets there are in your opponent's deck, kind of thing. Like if it just eats a Elspeth or something, are you are you gaining much value out of it? I mean, I, I guess you are. But the thing is, is what if they don't play one of those cards that it's good against? Then you just have a 1-1 one, one for 1 in your deck. Yeah. Or, like, say, like, some of the cards that interacts with, like, say, Kitchen Finks. I, I don't know. It feels like... I don't know. Like, I play Gorilla Shaman now, but, like, it has a decent amount... It, I don't know. It hoses the cards that it wants to hose pretty well. Like, it, you know, kills Moxon for 1, kills Signets for 5. Okay, that's a bad example. Uh, kill skull clamps, mana vaults, and whatever for three. Like that—that that seems a good hoser for those kinds of cards. Hex parasite, super mana intensive. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Jeez, like how much? Yeah, like you said, how much to kill a Gideon? <laughs> right. How but, much to kill the the real big problem cards? And then even the cards, you know, some of the cards that it use counters, it's not even that good against. Like you're like, oh. Umazawa's Jitta. Okay, I'll just remove one and kill your guy. Yeah. Triskelion. Okay, I'll just remove one and kill your guy. Like, 
Yeah, you know, just kind of like I, a, I'm just not as impressed. Like, if if this is our answer to Planeswalkers, color me unimpressed. I was about to say unimpressed. Anthony's unimpressed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Unimpressed. Unimpressed. Eastman is also unimpressed. Right. Well, let's talk about your uh, your favorite mechanic. Yes. Card. I totally did. The, I totally did the metal horns. By the way. Nice. Thought of thought of living weapon. But yeah, that's my favorite mechanic. One of my favorite mechanics ever. But Lash Rite is the card in in reference. And I don't know. I feel like this card. Like sometimes I feel like when people say like this card's good in larger cubes, it sometimes feels like a cop out. Like when they say it's like, well, this card could be good in larger cubes, but it's not. You know, it's not good enough. Like sometimes it feels like a cop out. But I think this is definitely a card that just. Like I think it's. I think it is a good card. It's just that four mana is so. So ridiculously stacked in cube that there's just no room for it. Like, well, let's have, also be honest. This is a black card. Yeah, yeah, it's a black card. There's no way I would play uh, Lash Wraith and you know anything that doesn't have swamps or anything like that. I mean, but, even but it needs to be heavy swamps because if you're if you're only playing like you know, let's say you are black red, but you're mostly red with some black. Do you? Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to play this card in that deck either. I want to play this card in mono black or mostly black decks because this card needs to be. I feel like it needs to be a four four to have it be worth it. I think I would be fine as a three three because it does grow. Like unlike the uh, Phyrexian Obliterator, that new Negator or whatever. Like you have to have the four black mana up front, and this one at least kind of grows as you play more swamps. Like that's nice, and the Living Weapon is also you know really nice. Also, like you can just. Chuck it onto some other dude. It's just that four mana. It's just yeah, the same thing. It's just four mana. It's just so ridiculously stacked. Like persecutor from our Crackapack right. is one of the really good four drops. Duzamjin, Plague Sliver, Braids, Necrotal, Skin Render. I feel like there's more Graveborn Muse stuff like that. It's just like, would you play Lash Wraith over any of those? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. That's yeah, I was gonna say I'm not. Like, no, it's and then, and then yeah, consuming vapors and whatever the other black spells as well. It's like I, I'm not. I can't. Lash Rite is worse than all of them. Right, and the other I thing am too is Joe. this. Uh, this card is also. Uh, I think it's fine if you have a mono black theme. If you have the mono black linear in your cube, like you know, I used to have that in in, in my cube and. We realized that it was a Pokemon type situation where if you didn't, if you didn't catch them all, or if you didn't catch enough of them, your deck just wound up being a mediocre black deck. Yeah. And just, I feel like this is a card you could include to encourage those decks, but but even I mean, though, there, there's a four drop that needs to be included over Lash Rise too, and that's Corlosh. Yeah. So like, you have to add that to the list of all the other four drops as well, because Corlosh is is you know likely better than this card. Hmm. I don't know. I was actually thinking it about that time. Yeah, like you're essentially, you're essentially trading living weapon for regeneration. Like, and the Phyrexian mana thing. I don't know. It's nice, but I don't really care. Like, if yeah. you're playing if you're playing the heavy black decks, the equip cost shouldn't be too much of a headache for you. Right. It's just black black or whatever. Yeah, and it's like meh, whatever. That's I don't know. But yeah, it's but just the thing essentially- is, you're not basically you're not playing mono black without Korlosh in it. So this would just have to be another card to add on top of that. And then, you know, you probably have to cut some other four drop, and which one are you going to cut? It's like cutting Persecutor, like Plague Sliver. It's like, no, sorry. That's the opportunity cost. Plug, plug. 
Exactly what you were talking about before. Yeah. But yeah, that's a card I really want to... That's a card that just, like, seems... It probably has room in larger cubes, but it's just... Ugh. I don't, I, I don't have room for it. Yeah, I just feel like you need to... I feel like you need to have a mono-black theme encouraged to even to consider this card, I guess. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's just how I feel about it. I agree. Not, uh... Not feeling it. Alrighty. That, uh... Yeah, colorless and artifacts is kind of small for, like, this set, which is kind of a, a Mirrodin-ish set. So we're gonna go into Wooburg. And, uh, what was the first one on the list? Norn. Elish Norn. Grand Cenobite. Well... I don't know, I think she sent her bites all right. <laughs> I don't know. I just had to go for that obvious pun. Like, I don't know, I think, like, I don't know. I Maybe I'm just spoiled by the Titans. I'm just not feeling it. I think it's really expensive. I think it's uh, it, it's got a nice effect once it's in play. and The minus ability? The, yeah, like the, the static neg two or plus two. I mean, that's obviously powerful. But I don't know, man. I, like I'm like the the, the minus two plus. minus the minus two minus two is the thing that'll most matter. It's like in the decks where you play Elesh Norn, I don't see it pumping that many dudes. It's like you know, as your finisher in your control deck, it'll pump like a, a Mana War or something or a Venter. Oh, uh, you mean what? Well, what it's actually going to pump? It's going to pump Sacred Mesa tokens. It's going to pump. Ah, uh, uh, nice. That's what it's going to pump. Ah, Elspeth tokens. Right, right. Things like that. Ah. That's the way I feel about it anyway. And yeah. but still it's really expensive. It's what a four seven or something for yeah, a million four, mana. Four seven vigilance for seven. Yeah, I don't know, man. If if you're spending seven more than six mana on something, seven mana, eight mana, it's gotta be super impressive and do something right now. And Norin Norin ain't it for me. Yeah. All bets are off though if you're playing multiplayer with your cube. Oh yeah, then yeah, totally get that in there. Then the card seems fine. Or if you're just a master and you can just, you know, Reanimated on turn two or three all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, whatever. Let's uh, let's keep going. I was being a reanimator. One thing, like, like I've seen people cutting like Exalted Dragon or whatever Eternal Dragon for it, and I don't know. Like, at least as a reanimator target, I think Eternal Dragon is a lot better as a Eternal Dragon is just a better card. Well, that too. Yeah. Hello. Just a better... The card fixes your mana. Well, yeah. It uh. And then when your, your mana comes back, yeah, for sure. It comes back. Yep. I will bring it back. Again. Right. And again. But yeah, I I can't get behind the uh, the cutting of Eternal Dragon for Elash Norn. I don't know. I like, just played way too many control decks where Eternal Dragon, not only constructed, but in Cuba, Eternal Dragon has saved the old bacon. So, mm-hmm. not, not cutting it. Alright. I'm sorry for cutting you off, by the way. So oh. the next card was... Uh, Inquisition, Exarch. Inquisitor, Exarch. Oh, okay. I guess I was thinking of Spanish Inquisition or something. Inquisition. <laughs> that too. The Inquisition. Look at him. Raw nation. <laughs> to convert the Jews. Ju, 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 ju. Okay, I'm done. Is that Brief History of the World? Yes. Nice. History of the World Part 1. Yep. Mel Brooks for the win. Yeah, Mel Brooks yeah. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Brooks is... To segue, Mel Brooks is more awesome than Inquisitor Exarch. Yeah, that's a card. Like, that's a card I really wanted to like, but yeah, because it, like gives white, it gives it a little bit of reach. You know, can do the last two points of damage and whatever. But 
Yeah, blank tricks. Yeah, like you can kind of, it can be like a half uh, Pierce Rider, half uh, Lone Missionary, whatever, but it's kind of one of those cards that's like a jack of all trades. It doesn't really do much. Like, it's, a, it's, it's bodies are so meh. Well, the thing is, is, you know, grizzly bears with small abilities aren't good enough at this point in Magic. Not, not, not for the cube. There's a long line of double white guys in front of him for inclusion, I think. Yeah. So. Like, I think I tried, I think I tried him, and then eventually, like, before we were gonna start our draft, I'm like, I'm replacing him with Blade Splicer. You know, the, the one that makes, uh, golems or whatever, or makes, makes a golem. uh, a golem duder. Yeah. Do you wanna, do you wanna talk about that card? I actually yeah. forgot to put, a, I forgot to put that on the list, actually. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I think, I think I'm probably in the minority that I'm not as impressed with Blade Splicer as a lot of other people are. Um, yeah, Go it's on. nice to get, you get four power for, you know, for three mana or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's divided up. The, the one one is not really all that significant. Um, yeah, unless it's on a naked board or something, it's not really doing much. Yeah, I mean, cause you're, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely, if they have any blockers, you're definitely not attacking with both of them. So you're just attacking with your 3-3 first strike. So at this point, you're paying four mana for a 3-3 first strike. I mean, granted, it's kind of neat because of, once again, because of blink tricks. And it's kind of neat because you can get it back with Revelark. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I'm just, I don't know. I, I think a lot of other people like this card more than I do. Yeah, I was about to say, I've been trying it. And it seems, I don't know, like, the first strike, like, a 3-3 first striker is pretty hard to get through in cube. Like, four toughness is, like, isn't the most common thing in the world. Foreshadowing. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, like, like, I don't know. Like, the 1-1, yeah, doesn't really do much. But I, I don't know. The 3-3 first striker has been fine. Like, yeah, I'm but, not sure, like, if I were to, like, if someone were to ask me, would you play Flicker Wisp or Blade Splicer? I'd say Flicker Wisp. Yeah, Would I, play? I, I think it, it does a little more, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, is, I don't know, man, like, the the first strike is only contingent upon that other guy staying alive. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to have a bunch of golems. I mean, you have, like, what, Precursor, Golem, and some Mirror Entity decks? There's a, there's actually a few that I end up finding out, like, uh, uh, Sundering Titan's a golem. <laughs> because that guy needs first strike. Yeah, exactly. Come on, we need to get in there. We need seven power first strike. Regular isn't enough. Uh, Lodestone Golem. Is a oh golem. yeah, Lodestone Golem. Sure. There was a couple of others that were that I remember seeing that were like, "Huh, that's a golem." But I, that that sounds right. I think that uh, precursor, obviously. Being I, I just, I guess, I just what I'm saying is I, I don't feel like it has enough. Far-reaching. Uh, well, yeah, it's 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 tribal, whatever kind of thing. It's just kind of gravy. But I don't know. Like, I think it's fine. Like, especially if they have like, re- it's nice with anthem effects. Like, you know, a jo- original Johnny, uh-huh. uh, you know, equipment or whatever, and you know, its ability to be blinked and whatever is interesting. But not a reason I would play it. But I don't know. I've been I've been trying it for a little bit. Uh, I give it the thumbs up, but not like super huge thumbs up. Not as much as the other three mana white creature. And, is, and by which, three mana, you mean two mana? And I, was two about to say, I was about to say, which isn't really three mana at all. One of my probably my one of my favorite cards in the set for cube, Porcelain Legionnaire. Jeez, 
so so efficient. That guy is nuts. Yeah, this card, personal legionnaire, is really good. Uh, like it, you would look at it if it were three one first strike for three, but it had a three one first strike in any color for two. Yeah, that it. Yeah, that's just like, and again, that's just something that's hard to, really hard to block. Like you know, worst case scenario, they have arc trail and can ping it. Again, that sucks for you if that happens. But it's just so hard to block this guy. It's, ugh, man, deals so much damage. And, yeah, the aggro decks aren't going to care about the life loss. And I think that maybe something we want to talk about also is the whole, like, Phyrexian mana thing. Like, I don't know, it just feels like sometimes, like, it's definitely a drawback. It's just a question of how much of one it is. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of one of those. And I think it may be one of those interesting things people find out more as they play more with the set. Like, I think a lot of the evaluations I find are just, like, but I think for, like, Legionnaire is perfectly fine to say he's a two-mana, three-one for striker, because aggro doesn't care about the life loss. Right. It's like, okay, whatever. But, like, the new clone, for example, the life loss is a bit more of a drawback, which, but then again, most of the time we'll just play for three. But it's one of those things we'll probably find out more, you know, as we play the set. But And and Slash Soapbox, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know, man. The first two-mana thing is super interesting, and obviously I think any any card... I feel like Phyrexian Mana uh, leans towards aggressive cards yeah. more than control cards because you can you can more actively use your life as a resource. I mean, the the best example of that being Hatred, mm-hmm. that you're just, you know, shoving your life to kill your opponent. So I, I think we'll see all the aggressive cards will, will play a lot better than, than any of the control cards, in my opinion. Agreed. I'm definitely a fan of the, of the Legionnaire, for sure. And that's a card I want to pick up in Foil. For sure, for my cube, it's never gonna leave. Right. I, I don't see it leaving my cube ever. Legionnaire, just so efficient. Like Blade Stick Pride, I was fine with. A Quarter Paladin was an upgrade. This guy's an upgrade to that. Like, are we gonna see another three-one mana, three-one guy for two in the next set? Yeah, I don't in know, F12. but this one, this one is is in. Yeah. And oh boy, is it in. In yeah, he's he's in like in like Flynn. Flynn. Yeah. So. Yeah, that guy's he's good. He's really good. Right, but I think that does it for white. I can't really think of much else. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's other cards that, but I don't think any of them are, are necessarily like that. Are necessarily un- good. Like that unlife or that new propaganda. Just like no, don't no, not 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 a fan. <laughs> Those cards are I don't think are very good. But I think that does it. All right, should we jump into blue? Sure. All right. Speaking of Frixian mana, Frixian. Metamorph. Oh, the, this uh, clone. Card, in my opinion, this card's another slam dunk. Yeah. Um, it, I, it, this is the best clone variation I think we've seen for Cube. Um, I like the the morphing one, uh, the Suvin shapeshifter. Um, but this one is just, I mean, clone plus sculpting steel. You can pay the four mana if you want for it, or you can just play it in an aggressive deck and just, you know, Go to town two for three mana. This, yeah. this card's awesome. Do you want to hear an interesting story? I would love to hear an interesting story. Awesome. So, uh, you know, I, I did a draft yesterday, and I, I actually was using somebody else's deck during the end of my. This card has, this guy's deck has a sort of worn piece and some other stuff that I want to get some more info on. So, I'll do that. Uh, opponent plays Kitchen Finks, and I play Metamorph, copying Kitchen Finks. 
Okay. Uh, I forget how my kitchen thinks slash metamorph dies, but it dies. Yeah, whatever. Creatures do that. Yeah, creatures. Yeah, creatures tend to die in cube. Uh, when it comes back, you know, persists back with a minus one minus one counter. Copies a sword of war and peace on my table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that sword, that copied sword, ended up winning the game. Nice. Yeah. But it's just the flexibility is so good. Like, most of the time it's going to copy creatures. Uh-huh. But, God, that flexibility is so good. Like, most of the artifacts, like, the big artifacts are going to be creatures. Like, you know, the Battle Spheres, uh, Sphinx of Steel Wind, uh, Inkwell... Uh, Leviathan, if you're playing that in your cube, uh, Battle Sphere, Worm Coil Engine, you know, stuff like that. Like, a lot of them are creatures anyway. But, you know, being able to copy artifacts it, is also really does nice. Does it target? No. Okay. Which is, yeah, copy, uh, Inkwell, you know, copy the Shroudies. Copy, uh, Simic Sky Swallower, which I've done also, yeah. I mean, I think even in a pinch, this card is good for, I mean, heck. Copy G-Day. Right, exactly. That is exactly what I was going to say. Nice, yeah, or Mind Slaver. Because that also was legendary. Right. It's like, nice uh, nice 10 mana Mind Slaver. I'm going to play mine for 8, take control of your turn, nice. and then pop your Mind Slaver to take control of your own turn. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, when you play yours, doesn't, doesn't, don't they both die? Cause it's oh, that's legendary. right. It's, it's legendary, isn't it? I would yeah. forget that it's legendary. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's just like, Wow. It's not one of those things that sticks around on the table very long to be targeted for. That's true, yeah. Or for Legendary like to really matter. Right. It's yeah. like with uh, Core Haven or whatever, like those Legendary right. lands. In case of emergency, Break Luma's always Jitta. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Three mana, two life. Yeah, and I think it's Kill. really awesome, too, that it's actually the giveaway, too. The, yeah. Because so you know every single Commander deck is going to want this. Every awesome. single cube is going to want this. So I think it's really nice that they're giving away their foil. Yeah, like, I'm probably going to go, I'm, like, before I really didn't care about the release event, but now I'm probably going to go to the release event just to get my hands on one of those. Staple, I don't see it ever leaving my cube, which is really interesting for blue, because, you know, blue is ridiculous. Right. So that's just, yeah, just nuts. Nice. Well, how about, um, let's let's keep going with blue, because there's not really that much more, um, the other one you wanted to talk about, uh, Spine Thopter. Yeah, like, and that's a card, like, you know, we went on, on the episode, the Sacred Cows on about the, the Pegasi. And this right. one, I don't know, it just kind of feels like a riff on that, do, those guys, you know, like, two mana, two, one flyers. Obviously not as good as Legionnaire, but, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, in some of the cubes, like, you know, Cranny, from In Contention, like, the, uh, ha- it pushes, like, the blue kind of tempo aggro, you know, kind of more aggressive non-control strategies. And that card seems like it should be good for those. Like, I'm thinking it'll probably be good in those kinds of cubes. But, I don't know, it seems okay. It'll probably be played in more non-blue decks than blue decks, I'm guessing. Yeah, just as a just as a flying dude, if you if you like the uh, the Pegasus cards, then, then you probably like this card too. And I'm not a huge fan, but whatever. Yeah. Something to note. Yeah, just... And it probably looks nice in foil. Another one. Like, I'll definitely put one in my commons cube for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely for those kinds, I, I think for, I don't know, peasant, pauper, whatever the ones that are I think it's just peasant. commons or just uncommons and commons, I think it's it's just fine for those, but mm-hmm. eh, not, not too particularly impressed with, with that. Yeah. 
kind of card here. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. And I think that does it for blue. Like, there's not much else. Like, there's a, there's like a bad unsummon, like a bad remove soul, and some Jin Gataxius and some other junk. I yeah, know, ten ten mana duder. Yeah, ten mana Never. guy that doesn't end the game asap. Right. Let's keep that. going. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, black, and one of the cards that seems interesting for cube is uh, what is that card called? A uh, despise. Despise is that uh, new duress. Ostracize. That, like, yeah, card. essentially ostracize and the ability to hit planeswalkers. And I don't know, it feels like this is kind of a card, like they they printed a, printed a bunch of cards, it seems like, to try to address the Jace, you know, thing, maybe. I don't mm. know. But I don't know, just, like, I've heard the argument, like, ostracize isn't good enough, so this isn't good enough. But... I don't know. Well, this I, is I mean, obviously I, better than ostracize. Yeah, it's, it does the same thing and a little bit more. So that's not necessarily right. But I think comparing it to ostracize is a fine way to do it. The but thing this I, has I, to rank above ostracize because it has more targets. Yeah, the, the thing I was thinking of in terms of that argument is like consider burst lightning, and like nobody really would want to play shock, but you know burst lightning, and most of the time you use burst lightning as shock anyway. It's just like shock a dude. And then you know pay for to do it, but most of the time you're not really you're not really ashamed to play shock in a deck. Like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't be opposed to it. Like you wouldn't put it in your cube. But if you had to play it, you'd probably be fine with it. This this argument makes. I mean, does this analogy make sense? Yeah, I mean it's not super not embarrassing. Yeah, like with shock, it's like eh, I'll play it. And then having that extra upside is you know what you know the really nice thing. Right, that's Just, what. That's what makes it worthwhile. Ostracize? Like, the base effect of ostracize. Uh, I, I'm i not feeling it. Like, it just seems... I don't know. I feel like this card's better in standard than it is in, uh, in cube. Yeah, with, like, the Cawblade. Right, Cawblade you get Stoneforge Kandex. Mystics, you get their first Hawk, or you get their Jace, Gideon. Yeah. Or, yeah, you get, you get the Hawk that fetches the other Hawks. Exactly. Yeah. Or you get their st- you get the Stoneforge Mystic that gets the the equipment. Yeah, they gets their uh, gets their batter skull, or whatever. But yeah, I just uh, I don't know. Like it seems like it seems like a card that might might be okay. Like where you can like hit their and this would probably be more BCSM, but it's like yeah, hit kill get their Grave Titan or something, but or get their Inferno Titan or get their Necrotal. But again, that just seems a little too BCSM-y of an argument for me to really get behind. Yeah, this I mean, it's... it's. I, I would still play, I think, I'd be more interested in playing Inquisition of Kozilek over this card. Yeah. Especially in Powered Cubes. Um, but, I don't know. It, I, I feel like it's it's on the outside looking in. Yeah, not not feeling it. Black is getting really tight in cubes lately. Like, it's... Yeah, actually getting some, some decent cards recently, which the next one, yeah. Dismember, Ooh. I think should be in. Yeah. Almost, almost guaranteed. This member is one Frexian Black, Frexian Black, target creature, instant target creature gets neg five, neg five. Yeah. Essentially. Almost, it basically snuff out. That. I've heard that comparison, yeah, to like snuff out. Yeah, I mean, because basically it's, you know, at its cheapest cost, it's four life to cast it. This will cost you an additional mana, but the trade off is that. It's going to kill indestructible creatures. I mean, not that there's many of those in the cube. 
but you're gonna Kills, kill black kill. creatures with it. Yeah, you're and that's gonna really kill nice. artifact creatures with it. You're gonna and it's you know, and there are very few creatures I think in the cube that survive. The only ones I, I could five, really think of, yeah, were like Titans, Worm Coil, uh, creatures with protection from black. Dirt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, Steel Wind, Sundering Titan, and that's like there's probably a little bit more, but that's it. Like that's a small list. Right, like, almost everything else a, a, just dies. Chroma. Yeah, Chroma. Red well, Chroma, because, you know, you can't target the white one or whatever, but... Yeah. You know, Ra- there's, there, there's not that many. So, it's got a ton of targets. One mana is just fine. And like we're, you said, it's... Uh, uh, it's has proved that we're willing to pay for life for a free removal spell, so... Sure. Yeah, and like you said, it's a way for uh, those decks, like black decks, to be able to kill opposing black decks easily. Like, you know, there's Skin Render, which is also... Well, it, gives, also... it gives green decks a removal spell. Yeah. I mean, and that was straight really up good. removal spell, which is always nice. And, you know, I, I I don't know. I really like it. And, you know, alternatively, you can just cast it for its mana cost as well. And that's and that's another thing where it's... I kind of like, like that you can spend two mana and two life, or three mana and zero life, or, you know... I, I kind of like that a little bit, too. That yeah. You, you can be judicious in your... And you don't have to spend... Unlike Snuff Out, where it's either four mana or four life, it's kind of nice that I can either be one and four, two and two, or zero and three. I kind of like that flexibility a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's like uh, and like I said with the the shock argument, it's like again, it's uh, you know, paying its base effect isn't something I'd be super embarrassed to play. Like you know, one and two black minus five minus five is is kind of like oh, one of the uh, it's fine. I mean, but, I like sudden death. I mean, also, I I just like the uh, the split second mechanic. But sudden death is is not embarrassing. Yeah. If we're you know neg four neg four for three mana. Mm-hmm. And even like, the, like the sudden, the sudden ability. Yeah. The the really nice thing about I I find about dismember, and I think I figured out you know it was one of those things I discovered kind of like when I was testing the card is like being able to represent it at various times when you're holding mana open. Like, for example, like, uh, when we were talking about... This is probably... It probably was one of the points we were talking about when we were talking about, like, the four spike mana tithe kind of cards. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're, let's say, you're turn five, uh, and then you pay four mana for a Jace, and then you brainstorm or whatever, or do something with it, bounce a dude, and you leave one mana open, like a hollowed fountain, or just an island... And then you rep- you have one mana open for four spike. It doesn't require you that much commitment to hold that one mana open. It's just like oppo- opponent will look at it and be like, okay, yep, he's got to land on tap, whatever. And the nice, the really nice thing about this member's flexible cost is like it it allows you to represent it at various stages. Like you know, tap out, you turn five, tap four for a uh, abyssal persecutor. Still have one mana to represent and cast dismember if need be, and then you know turn you know you untap whatever and you still have that mana to whatever to still use it and it's just like one mana two mana three mana it's really flexible in in what you can pay for it not just with snuff out where it's pay for or pay zero and by the way I've again seen some people saying like yeah take out snuff out for dismember don't take play out both. snuff out yeah play both they're both really good play both. Yeah, they're, please do not take out Snuff Out. <laughs> it's really good. I, I would almost be willing at this point. I, I've 
briefly considered cutting Terror no. in my cube. I, I'm not going to do it because I like that Terror's been around forever. And, you know, I definitely like the the feeling of, of history in the cube as well for me. But there's there's just better cards now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but, you know. Well, I, I know. Could, just wanted maybe, to throw that out there. I forget. I think I replaced Disfigure with it in my cube. Sure. That's a fine replacement, I think. Yeah, and I was just like, man, this this card is... And that was a card at first I kind of looked at and I was like, this card seems good. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, this card's really good. That happened with me at Batter Skull, too. I was like, I think I texted you, and I'm like, I don't know if I love Living Weapon too much. Right. This card seems really good. Yeah. And then and, at first... Uh, mainly because it is. Yeah, I was about to say, at least I called that one. I, I, I guess I can call Living Weapons. <laughs> Bone Horde and then that card. <laughs> All right, the next one... Card I'm, I don't know, I, I'm not too big on. Life Finale, 4 and Double Black, The New Wrath, I don't know. So it's Wrath, and then you living, you Buried Alive them? Is that right? Uh, buried uh, Alive is Search Your Library for three creatures and Venom? It's essentially, I guess it, uh, kind of, yeah, it's pretty much like that, where you exile them. Just draw creatures and search a target opponent's library for up to three creature cards. Oh, I thought it exiled them. Yeah, put them into the graveyard, and then that player shuffles. So yeah, essentially you buried alive them, and then wrath. Six mana, jeez. No. Yeah, no thanks. Six mana. Give me Decree of Pain. Give me Black Sun Zenith. Yeah, I mean, I don't even like Decree of Pain very much. Yeah, nor, nor, I mean, yeah, it got cut from my cube, too. Give me uh, Bane of the Living. Don't give me this. No. Sorry. I don't know. Not a fan. Not I. Not I. Not a fan. Like the... The ability to, you know, cranial extract is, you know, nice and all, but six mana. You're paying six mana for this. Come next. on. Next. Yeah, next. Hide your, hide your Phyrexian Obliterators because they cost four black mana. Yeah, now this card is, I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like if you can cast this card on turn four or earlier, you will have a very difficult time losing the game. Yeah, jeez. However... I also feel that this card is going to be uncastable <laughs> a lot. So Yeah, like I think it was I think it was on Salvation where they calculated the like in a black in a like a two color deck and it would be most often cast on like turn six or like six or maybe seven. And I I don't know. This versus Grave Titan or Kokosho? Or yeah, one coil? I, mean, I, I want all the other ones. Because the thing is, with Frixian Obliterator, I and I was talking to Adam, and he said, well, you know, this is this card will be one of those cases of, a.k.a. it's unblockable, but it's yeah. unblockable until you actually have to block it. You're just like, okay, I'll take five. Yeah, okay, I'll take five. And if, you may, you know, if you're going to die on the next five, then you worry about blocking it. But I feel like it doesn't, it, it's not going to impact things enough if it's cast on turn 6 or turn 7 or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, the the whole Vindicate test, you know, it applies as well. Like, at least the other two have some kind of way to protect themselves if they die. Right, yeah, this thing yeah. doesn't. But, Worm like coil, I said, that being said, if, uh, if you cast this thing on turn 1 or 2 with a Lotus, or even just cast this thing on turn 4 regularly, or a Dark Ritual. Yeah, Dark Rit. Yeah. But if you can cast this card reliably on turn four or less, then you should be probably playing it. 
but I don't feel like that's going to be the case, so I'm not going anywhere near it. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it the thumbs down. Not uh, not feeling it. But like I said, if you if you want to push that mono black theme, here's another four drop. Yeah, that essentially. Uh, yeah, that essentially does it. I mean, this card is big game for sure, but it's just a yeah. matter of whether or not you're going to cast it. I mean, is come it on, worth? I played uh, played Boros with twelve fetch lands that get mountains plus all the mountains, and still you know died before being able to cast Hero of Oxid Ridge. So Jeez. like, if you have a constructed format where you have tons of ways to get your color, and you still don't get the second one, how many times are you going to hit that fourth one reliably? I think. Turn six, I mean, I guess people have mathematics to support it, but turn six even seems a bit early to me. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, Unless you're a super heavy, once again, super heavy black deck with just, you know, a touch of something else. Yeah, I... And again, it's like another one of those, is it worth the slot? Like, are you going to play this over whatever black ridiculously good creatures yeah. there are. It's, it's, like, a, no. it's a big risk-reward card for sure, but I just feel like it's mostly just gonna, way too much not being able to cast it at all. I mean, at least, you know, the, the risk-reward of uh, Persecutor, you're probably going to be able to cast it, and it's, you know, not going to just sit in your hand and do stone nothing. Yeah, it's just going to kill people. It's going to wreck face. Yeah. All right, next... Uh, next one is the, uh, you know, Metamorph was the release card. This one's a pre-release card. Shieldred, the Whispering One. Uh, Shieldred. Oh, you are Shieldred because you're Whispering. Shieldred, <laughs> Whispering One. I'm oh. going very close to the microphone so people can hear me. Do you cost seven mana? Yes. <laughs> Do you have an effect that... An effect that uh, affects the board when you come into play? No, but if I live for a turn cycle, I'm pretty awesome. That's true. All right. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> but that's essentially, yeah, it's like, uh, you know. I'm also a 6-6. Six, six. You're also a 6-6 six, six with Swamp Walk. I have Swamp Walk. You're also, uh, you also bring stuff back from the grave. I do, because I love that very much. Are you the, uh, do you have the original art or the, the pre-release one? You're just gonna have to come over and find out, big boy. Uh-oh, I'm gonna get sacrificed. I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think this card's fine. I, uh, if you absolutely want to add another black finisher, sure. But at least, you know, if it dies right away, you don't get anything. But even if it lives, if you get to untap with it, I feel like you've gotten a lot out of it. Yeah. Because they have to sacrifice a guy, which may or may not be awesome. You're going to get back a guy, which is more likely going to be pretty awesome. I just feel like this card is is super awesome for, like, multiplayer cubes, because if it lives Whoa. one turn cycle there, it's just delivering a beating. But, you know, I, I think you could definitely do worse. It's just, you know, I just wish it had an enter or leaves play ability, that's all. Yeah, like I think this is the probably one of the better Praetors. Like and especially like it, it I have a feeling it's one of those cards that's going to like rip apart the control mirror cuz they're not going to be running many creatures, you know, it's just like if if you know they don't kill it on sight, they'll be having to sacrifice their dragons and other fun stuff and they're going to have a very hard time killing you with creatures. 
because they'll have to be sacrificing. Because, you know, they'll have to have a dude, and it's not going to live to be able to attack unless they have dudes with haste. And control decks with haste? Like, no. <laughs> Are you kidding? Right. It's not going to work. But I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those cards. It's just, again, it's like I... You're not playing it over Grave Titan. You're not playing it over Kakusho. How yeah. many... How many black finishers do you want, basically, that cost a lot of mana? Yeah, and this, I, no. I think it's, not it's, embarrassing. Like, it's not embarrassing, but it's just not for me. Yeah, just not a, maybe one of those on-deck binder cards, but, yeah, not a, not, not thumbs down, but not thumbs up. Right, we're kind of like the gladiator, the the emperor who's got his thumb kind of sideways, waiting to give it one way or the other. Oh, like, uh, who's that guy, Joaquin Phoenix? Right. In the movie? Right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That, that fits pretty well. Alrighty, I think that, do- oh, one more black card, uh, Geth's Verdict, the new Diabolic Edict that costs double black. Uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. Like, they lose a life, whatever, but double black makes it, uh man, double black. Double black limits the amount of decks that I can go in, I think, significantly. Um, but the card, I think, is fine. You know, instant is the correct speed. Two mana is the right cost. Um, and, you know, the one, the one life loss, yeah, meh, who cares? Yeah, exactly, whatever. But the, uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely interesting and not terrible. Um, but I still think it comes in third behind Chainer's Edict. Well, Diabolic Edict and Chainer's Edict. So. Yeah. So if you have room for a third Edict effect, by all means, um, but, you know, it's fine. Riddle me this. Where do you rank this with uh, that versus Gatekeeper of Malakir? Um, that's a good point. I, I don't know. I really like Gatekeeper um, because it leaves you with something left over. Yeah, to bash or to right, regrow to bash or whatever. Or to equip or to, to block or to, to kind of do anything with. Um. But yeah. good, I think it's a fair comparison. I think if you're if you're finding that gatekeeper isn't working for you, I think uh, the verdict might be a fine replacement. I think that's a really good point. Sweet, I'm good for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't let anybody ever tell you differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm encouraged. You can you can tell them how you uh, how you pointed out uh, an awesome thing on your cube podcast, and that's then when true. they ask you what a, they when they ask you what a cube podcast is, you can just slink away. Yeah, like uh, what? Huh? Podcast? What, is, what am I doing here? What are right. you talking about? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the next, because uh, that pretty much does it for red. Or black. For black. Red. Yeah, red. We ain't done that yet. The next one, next card, and I think it's kind of an underrated card right now, and I think is pretty solid for cube. Uh, Molten Steel Dragon. Whew. I and really like this card. That was a card, like, I remember when I was looking, when I was proxying up uh, the stuff, for the new set, I remember thinking, like, am I insane? Nobody is talking about this card. And then I think almost as soon as I did that, uh, Kenny Mayer was talking about, yeah, this card seems good. I was like, yes. Yeah, I, I think this card is is borderline crazy. I, mm. I think this card is so good. It is, I, I think it changes the way your opponent has to play the game because it basically has a, a half-hatred staple to it. I think it is an awesome finisher for any aggressive deck. Um, cause on, you know, you get to, when the first time you bash with it, let's say you cast it on turn four, right? 
for your four plus four life. If you have a 16 mana life, if you have 16 life total and you have like your four mana in play, let's say you un, you get to live to untap with it, you play your fifth land, you have the ability to do 16 damage. And your aggressive deck should probably have done four damage in the first right. portions of the game. So like they just can't tap out against it. Like if they do the math, they literally cannot tap out against it because they have to represent a removal spell, whether you have it or not. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to tap five mana for a Genesis. It's like, cool, cool you're dead. I'll kill you. Yeah. And I think that's something I think is being underestimated. Like, I don't know if it really has a home in standard right now because just Jace is everywhere and Jace can just bounce it. Right. And But, God, in cube, I think, like, I've been I've been loving this guy. Yeah, like, this guy I don't, so good, I think. So good. Like, I don't know if I'd say he's borderline crazy, but, like, four mana is really important in red decks. Like, you have Avalanche Riders and, you know, Rune Blaster and Koth. And it's a flyer. Yeah. It's a four, four flyer for four. Like, you're, I mean, yes, it costs four life, too, but you're a red deck. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's like the, uh, like the old, uh, whatever, uh, Goblin like Cadet joke. almost like a suicide red deck. Yeah. And that's, I mean, aggressive, yeah, aggressive deck shouldn't really care much about life anyway, so it's like, meh. And if you do happen to get, like, a Sword of War and Peace, or if you combine it with life gain, like, Sword of War and Peace, or Batter Skull, or Collar, or Sword of Light and Shadow, I was, you are in business. I was thinking about this card the other day, if you had it late game in a white-red control deck, and you, oh. had, and you had Pulsative Fields. <laughs> what? What? How does that work? Does that work like magnets? You're just like, pump it a bunch, pulse. Return it to my hand. Pump it a couple more times, pulse. Pulse Jeez. a couple more times. <laughs> I don't know, that's just the demented thoughts that I have. Obviously, that's wow. a best-case scenario type thing, but... That's still that, awesome. You know, I like that. What I'm about. But yeah, I, I think this card is as good as the other you know, four mana drops in red. Um, obviously, Koth is probably the best red card, but I, I think it's it's up there with cards like Flame Tunkavu and Hero of Oxid Ridge and, you know, Avalanche Riders, because this card, literally, if you untap on turn, if you get to untap on turn five, your opponent might just be dead, provided yeah. you've done any damage to them ahead of time. And they always have to, you know, even, you know, they always have to, they can't, Essentially what you said earlier, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're basically port multiple porting them. Yeah, like, yeah, they have to... They can't, they've immediately lost the ability. If they're not white, they've pretty much lost the ability to tap out anything down to greater, you know, they can't tap down to one, less than one, you know, less than two mana. If they're white, they can tap down to one mana and still represent, you know, one of the two or three removal spells there are at that cost. But you know what I mean? Like, they're... You, you basically are, are brick-walling their, uh, their development just by playing this guy if they can't deal with him right away. Mm-hmm. And, if, I mean, and the right, four you know, body... There are times where they might get you, you know, like maybe they have their removal spell, and, you know, you have to use your magic brain and your analyzation skills to, to know whether or not they have it, whether you can move in on it or not. Otherwise, you just... I mean, even if you don't pay life for it, okay, attack you for nine in the air on turn five. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or even like eight or like seven. Eight. I mean, it's like sure, get there. Right. I, so that's why I think this card. You know, obviously it's best in that kind of a deck, and I, I, I really like it. I really, yeah. really, totally a fan. Like I, man. 
But you know what? One mana uh, spell can kill it, though. Dismember. Yes. It's true. It's true. This is true. Now, look at that. You're right. We just brought up, uh, I guess you can have, you do have to watch out for the one mana spell. But yeah, essentially, but yeah, essentially, yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard. I guess you know, again. Snuff Out gets it too, right? Because Snuff Out's only non-black. Yeah, I think that was the Dark Banishing, uh, I, I believe. Let, let me double check. Yep, non-black. Yeah. So, so it, it can kill it. they have that too, but they have to have a Swamp, right? Yeah, they have to have a Swamp to use it. And, you know, the fact that it's an artifact creature also, I forgot to mention that, is has its own ups and downs, you know, sucks versus uh, Manic Vandals and orangutans or whatever, but it's nice against terror and shriek maws or whatever. You know, go for the throat. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Go for the throat. It has its own ups and downs. You know, if if you're evaluating the card, don't get caught up in one. You know, to be like, oh, it dies to Manic Vandal. It's like, okay. Right, but you're right. But, you know, because it's an artifact and because of its cost, you can put it in any deck. It doesn't that too. need to be a red deck. Suicide Black. Right. That would be super there's... Suicide I mean, and it counts as an artifact for, you know, you can tinker it out. Not, I don't know if you really want to, but it's an option. You can reveal it to Metal Worker. If you play Voltaic Key, you can untap it. Or get it with... Oh, actually, I was thinking you could get it with Tezzeret. I'm like, no, you have to wait a turn. You can untap it with Tezzeret? That's true. Or you can turn it to a 5-5 with the blue-black Tezzeret. <laughs> if that somehow <laughs> happens in the same deck. Turn it to a 5-5. Hey, man, that's a one-mana pump. Permanent pump. Super pump. All right. Yeah. The next card, and I don't know, like, Urabrask, the uh, the red uh, uh, Praetor. I don't know. That's a card I'm not really, you know, super huge on. But, you know, Gavin did an article for Star City where he was gushing about it. He was saying, essentially, like, Haste is kind of like time walk for dudes and whatever. Hey. I don't know. Sold me a little bit, but I'm probably not going to end up putting it in my cube. Yeah, I just feel like five is... For decks that are willing and able to play this card, we're talking about red decks. We're talking about likely about aggressive red decks. The um, ones that want to play Molten Steel Dragon. Right. The aggressive, and that's the, yeah, the whole problem is that at five mana, most of your dudes are already going to be, have already attacked by that point, hopefully. Right, that's the thing is that this guy is in most aggressive decks, he's going to be a curve topper. And you don't really get any value from that so much, except for, I guess, if you could seeding song him out on turn three, where we're going into best-case scenario again. Yeah, well, I mean, and if you do accelerate, like... They're four fours, they're ten, I don't know. They're, they, the tap thing seems nice against more controlly kind of decks, and that's a little bit of nice reach. Like, sure, like, because if they cast your Decree of Justice or whatever, everything's coming into play tap, and they're not going to be able to block your guys, or... Or even, like, a dragon to try to block. is like, well, you're a 4-drop, I have a dragon. It's like, well, you're, it's, it's going to have to wait a turn. It's sleepy. Right. But I don't know. It's a card that, like, it, at initial glance, I was pretty unimpressed by it. I'm like, well, uh doesn't seem that good. I don't know. I think Gavin might have sold me a little bit on it. But, but I mean, he's talking about me. constructed, not about cube, too. Well, I mean, some of his arguments still carried over. Just like, you know, dudes having haste, whatever. I don't know. I was, I was half awake, too, when I... It was like it... You know, right before I went to work, I, I read it and I was like, huh, he's got some points. Where's my coffee? I need to get to work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It's one I'm skeptical on, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, next one, next section, green. Green's got some really interesting cards with cubes. 
Uh, first one, I think this is the card that's probably been talked about most for Cube, at least. At least the card that I would probably say has been talked about most is uh, Beast Within. Yeah. I mean, this card, I, when I first looked at it, it was just like, holy crap, this card is awesome. And I'm changing my, changing my opinion slowly but surely without having played it. Not, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan anymore then, because, you know, at first I'm like, oh man, instant speed, green, vindicate, for three mana, splashable. Man, this card's awesome. And then I really started thinking about the drawback and, and thinking about how many targets do we really have. Because obviously we're not targeting a, you know, Knight of the White Orchid with it. Oh, yeah, that would, be, that would be quite fail. <laughs> you know, like there are... But but what if you have a two-power... What if you have a 3-1 first striker? Yeah, whatever. But yeah. still, like... I, I still feel like this has kind of got the uh, the Hex Parasite problem which is how many times are you really going to want to cast this card? And it's also really, unlike Hex Parasite, which, you know, at least gets in there for one, and, like, you can play ahead of threats, this card is a very reactive card as well. Yeah, and I think also, like, like the big targets like you were talking about, like, the, the things you would probably want to hit are, like, the Planeswalkers... Uh, you know, creature being able to hit creatures is nice. So you know, being able to hit titans and stuff. But how much effect are you really getting out of that? Some big sure. equipments, you know, sort of whatever. And the Umazawa's Jitters. I mean, those those are all good targets. You know, uh, I mean, there are a fair number of big targets. You know, things like big giant enchantments or big scary things like uh, like a debtor's mill or something. Yes, exactly right. That's exactly the card I was going to say. Damn, um, we are we are like one we are like mind melding here. <laughs> yeah, or like even just big problem creatures, you know, things like you know you mentioned creatures, but also even something small, quote unquote small, like Moloku. Yeah. Or if you're an aggressive deck, I'd probably rather have my opponent have a three three than a Mazavith, or the the other the white a, one that prevents or a damage. Moat. Was it a moat? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, obviously, if you if you play moat, I'd rather you know get rid of a moat. Or what's the what's the white land again? Oh, uh, masks. Uh, Corehaven. Corehaven. Yeah, so, very aggressive deck. I don't want them to have Corehaven either. So you know what I mean? There there are definitely targets, but I, I without testing it, I don't know how realistic those are. And am I going to just be sitting it with it in my hand when I would just be thinking to myself, you know what? I think I'd rather just have a three mana creature here that I could have been attacking with instead of waiting for them to cast something good enough for me to kill. Like, there was something, and I think I was gush, I was talking about it on uh, on Twitter, and I was like, man, the more I test this card, the less I'm impressed by it. And I think, like, Stoddard was saying something like, it's really good in the decks that don't meaningfully interact with each other, like a Valakut and whatever, that uh-huh. can essentially ignore a 3-3. And granted, sure. you know, in the grand scheme of cube, a 3-3... May you know, it's like, oh, you have Acromas and Dragons or whatever, and then a, a Hill Giant, meh, whatever. And it seems like a lot of the analysis really ignores that a 3-3... I mean, granted, it's not huge, but... It's, there have pretty, been a, it's pretty big. Yeah, I was about to say, it's kind of like with the... Uh, when I was talking about, like, the whole Blade Splicer thing or whatever, and, like, Personal Legionnaire, like... The, the assumption, it seems like, whenever people are talking about Beast Within is, like, your opponent will just block... Like, if you don't have a 4-4 four, four or bigger when you cast Beast Within, you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong. I mean, that just sometimes happens. Like, 
Right. Yeah, just like sometimes that happens. Like sometimes you. Well, the other thing too is you know uh, if if we compare it to you know the the first comparison is to something like vindicate, right? Law of the permanent. But vindicate's really nice because we get to do things like use it as an additional removal spell, kill your blocker, bash in. You yeah, can't and do that with beast within. Yeah, it it turns flying blockers into non-flying blockers. So, I mean, that could occasionally be relevant, but you lose that whole area of good targets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, I think that was with some of the removal spells, like when when Wizards was trying to push White Weenie, like they were trying to push a bunch of removal spells that like put gave him a creature. I think Crib Swap was one of the ones I'm thinking of, but some other ones right. that gave him a dude right. of some kind. It was like, well, Afterlife you was a the Afterlife is an old Mirage one, so yeah. they got a 1-1. A one, one. Was that Mirage or Masks? I believe it was Mirage originally. It, it was reprinted Masks, and then it was uh, reprinted later on, possibly, but the original printing was uh, Mirage, I believe. Okay, yeah, you're right. Ha! Good call. That's what I'm old and have been playing forever. I've been playing longer than you have, I think. Who remembered? Take back what I said about being good for anything. That's <laughs> true. I'm not good. I'm good for nothing. But yeah. I think I think like I don't know. It seems like like when I tested it, it seemed like one of the interesting things. Like when I you know opponent had Elspeth, you know the uh, the new Elspeth made three soldiers, and I was like beast within. They still opponent still had six power, <laughs> and it's not like I magically had a four four. It wasn't like so kicker. Yeah, it was, I was like, okay, uh, what do I do now? And I, I don't know if it's one of those cards where you're going to have to, like, build around it. Let's kind of like one of those kinds of cards like Persecutor, where you have to make sure you have the defenses up. Yeah, like, but, like, you're building, you're not building around a proactive card, you're building around a reactive card. I yeah, know, like exactly. That's what you want to be doing. Yeah, I was about to say, is that what you want to be doing with your deck? Plan? Not so sure. Time will tell. I will definitely get a hold of one and test it just to see. But I am I am a lot less impressed than I than I was initially. Yeah, that was one of those. That's one of those cards I've been trying to test a lot, but I just haven't been able to as much. I, I haven't like. I'm still, you know, I probably would have considered cutting it, maybe, but you know, just the premise of it just holds a lot of pr- power. You know, there's a lot of premise to it. So yeah, uh, jury's out. All right, yeah, I've, we'll see. You know, we'll I've got enough on my soapbox about Beast Within. I'm going to talk about uh, Brutalizer Exarch. Like this, the Exarchs. I don't. know, I think this one's. If you're running Mold Chambler, I think it's definitely an upgrade. Yeah, strict upgrade because well, once cares str- about a three, three for four. They're gonna make me take a shot, and I've got no, I've got nothing, <laughs> I've got nothing to do. But I mean, it's definitely like I would much rather have the ability to tutor up a creature than play it as a four, four, three, three, because like most of your mid range decks are gonna want to tutor for you know stuff like shriek maws and mall drifters and cloud goats and whatever. So sure. definitely upgrade, and you know, you, and you can splash it as planeswalker removal. If your deck doesn't have much and it needs, like, for and, and you get to play Blink Tricks with it. Yeah. yeah. Or Reanimator or whatever. Reanimator shenanigans. Like, that and, uh, whatever. Recurring Nightmare seemed good, but. Ooh. Yeah, it seems good. I don't know if I'd say it's, like, super staple or anything, but if you're running Mold Chambler, play this instead. Yeah, sure. I'm just not imp- too impressed of the 6 mana 3 3, I guess. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's dude effect is kind of meh, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be super staple, but it seems okay. 
but I, I also uh, think it's kind of interesting how many come into play and, and lead play abilities we're starting to see on creatures now. Yeah. I think their Wizards is really starting to push. Not that they've started, but I think since, like, Evoke, I think we're starting to see a lot of interesting abilities stapled on the creatures and and, and things like that happening, so. Yeah, I, come on, Wizards, bring back uh, bring back Evoke. That'll make me happy. The next card, and it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, just want to mention it, I'm not a big fan, but Mutagenic Growth, the Phyrexian Mana uh, Life, or uh, Giant Growth, gives plus yeah. two, plus two. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I like it. I just don't think it's quite good enough. I yeah. mean, I, I think I like Giant Growth. I think I like Berserk, and I think I like uh, Vines of Asswood all over this card. Yeah, I was about to say I love Vines much more than this. I just don't know if it's effect overall. And I think I was really up on it at first, and then once the new card Fever wore off, I was like, uh, is it worth a card? New card Fever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not not a big fan of this one. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Once again, I, I feel like it's like shock. You'll find a use for it. If you really need to, but it's probably yeah. less good than shock. But it's okay. Yeah, having a, having a free, you know, basically you have a quote unquote free counter spell to burn spells on your creatures. You know, burn your guy. No, well crap. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, but yeah. <laughs> eh. The next one I think is kind of one of those cards that could be interesting, but I'm not sure about uh, Noxious Revival. I like this card a lot better than Mutagenic Growth. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, essentially, it's the card Reclaim with uh, the ability to... Do you remember the card Misinformation from Alliances? Yes, I actually... That was in my arena-winning deck that arena season. Um, I was playing mono-black with... It was, like, sinkholes and things like that. And, oh, mis- and discard spells <laughs> and misinformation. And I had, wow. like, you know, different... like It was, like, a black weenie deck, too. But, like, what I would do is I would... If they started this, you know, I would blow up their lands, and then basically they would start, you know, they weren't able to, if they stopped casting them, I would miss information and put cards on top of their library of the opposite of what they needed. So I would put spells back on top of their deck if they needed lands, and I'd put <laughs> lands on top of it back on top of their deck if they needed spells. It was to the point where I, I warped the whole league. People started playing uh, all kinds of protection from black creatures. To, oh, I think at one point I was like 42 and 1 in that oh. back in the day with a misinformation deck. Shows you how good we all were at magic back then. Jeez, that's crazy. But, but yes, back, I do remember that card. It, and this kind of like Noxious Revival kind of can imitate, do a one card misinformation, put a card on top. But one of the interesting uses for this card, and it didn't really hit me until I was at work today, was that it's probably, it's a, one of the good uh, colorless uh, artif- or graveyard hosers. Yes. Like, I remember I used to run Heap Doll and uh, Scrabbling Claws and Relic of Progenitus, and they would constantly go 15th pick, and I was like, why are these cards going 15th pick? Any deck can play them. And then I realized, yeah, cause these cards are bad. Like, these cards don't do anything. Like, they don't do nearly enough in, you know, a general deck to be worth it, and they're not they don't provide enough of an impact to be worth the slot in a deck or cube, really. And this card is kind of like, it's a nice way to hose reanimator spells, like if they want to try to animate exactly. dead their Persecutor or, you know, their huge Una or whatever. It's like pay two mana, put it back on top, essentially countering their animate dead. You can use it as a combat trick with Tarmogoyf. Whoa! Tarmogoyf. 
I like that. That is awesome. Or I mean, we have super corner. I don't know why I always have to feel the need to name corner cases. I don't. I like, think they're. I think they're interesting. Like, but when I was thinking about this card, that's one of the things I thought of. I thought of like being a reanimator foil. Um, you know, things things of that nature. I mean, you get to foil things like Living Death or Liliana's Ultimate. Uh, yeah, or uh. Recurring nightmare, just, you know, or right, recurring nightmare, or you can just put stuff on top. You use it as a reclaim and put yeah. good stuff on top of your deck. So I like the card. Yeah, um, I think down. I'm. I'm probably going to start testing that card. I'm going to try it for sure. Yeah, like it's one of those cards where it may be like, you know, am I? Is the base effect good enough? Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. That's but what maybe, you know. For. Maybe everything put together makes it good enough. But I, definitely, may... I, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing another regrowth type effect. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it might it's worth a shot at least. And you know, it can be free, which I kind of you know, which is always kind of a nice perk. Free is always the best price, so free is definitely solid. All right, I think we covered everything, and I've probably yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's enough. cards we didn't talk about, like uh, Spellskite was a card that that I'm really interested in, and and uh, I'm going to be writing about here pretty soon. Um, the for testing, and you know, the earlier your pyroclasm that we talked about earlier, and Sure, there's a couple other ones that are that are good for multiplayer games. You know, some of the big creatures and things like that. But I, I think for the most part, we we got it covered. And of course, if we miss anything, hey, we'll we'll go over it again and we'll talk about it. Yeah, definitely let us know the uh, the different ways to contact us. Yeah, so I was going to say, what a great let us know if cards are good. What a great segue. How can they contact us, Usman? We have the show email mtg the third power at gmail dot com. And we have, you know, the blog, I'd rather be cubing.wordpress.com. Yeah, one of these days I'll get my cube info up on there. Too. Yeah, ser- seriously, get that, get that all up on there. We have our various Twitters. Mine is Usman the Rad with a MS Paint-tastic icon. Ooh, very nice. And mine is, uh, Antony42, A-N-T-K-N-E-E-4-2 with, uh, everyone's favorite squire. Stoneforge. Online. Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. And I think uh, also a comment, you know, uh, the uh, the Third Power podcast read on MTG Salvation's Cube Forum. And last but not least, the uh, comments on the MTG cast page oh. where we are proudly posted on. Because, you know, we're both pretty narcissistic and we, you know, whenever a show goes up, we're constantly checking. Oh, I wonder if anybody commented on MTG Cast. Hey, I wonder if anybody commented on yeah. MTG <laughs> Hey, I wonder if anybody sent us an email. Hey, where's, I wonder if where's the hate mail? Come on. on Twitter. <laughs> hey, I wonder if anybody commented on Facebook. So. Yeah, F5, 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 F5. Right. <laughs> so, say something. Let us know. Um, uh, and let us know how, how you like the cards and, and keep listening. Tell your friends and keep an ear out for the, for the swag coming soon. Yeah, definitely mad props everybody for, you know, awesome thanks for the huge download numbers. I was, you know, like I said earlier, shocked when I saw that. I was like, what? Yeah, me awesome. too. Pretty, pretty exciting. Alrighty. I think that wraps up, uh, wraps this up. Another outstanding episode, my friend. Thank you. Amen. Amen. It had been too long. It was when it was snowing outside and we didn't know what Sword of War and Peace was. That, that dates it. It's like, if I was talking about Charlie Sheen and winning or something, probably right. date it more oh, by the way, I, I am so sick of that. Can we stop? Stop. We, we yes, we know you thought it was awesome a month and a half ago. Just stop now with the well, you know, say something a statement. Winning. 
Who cares? Uh, yeah, Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, I can imagine that being really bad. Ugh. Yeah. Well, hey, man. There's only one thing left to do. That's, that's right. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. New Phyrexia. The grand completion is achieved. Peace out, everybody. Peace.